Welcome to episode three of Taking a Punt, the Dane Roy story. As we near the end of season at number one, we're just a bowl game to come. Tom Herman has departed the team in controversial circumstances. Dane takes us through what he's learnt through year one and the pressures and expectation building towards his second campaign with Houston. All that and more on this episode of Taking a Punt, the Dane Roy story. Cheech headed back home. I have my first finals week, so to say. But um, it's not as bad as the movies make it out to be. It's um, kind of like they always say you have to compartmentalise things. Like if you've got issues going on with your life, can you put them aside for two hours, three hours on a Saturday when you play? Can you put them aside for a couple of hours when you practice? Because practice goes more longer than the game. I think that's a deliberate thing just to get people in that mentality. It's like, hey, you have to concentrate for this long. And, and uh, they would make practices hard. Or for the specialists, I don't think practices were harder than games because they can stop at any time and tell you what you did wrong in front of the whole team. And uh, you can't really do that in a game. So um, I, I wouldn't, didn't really like practices, but specialist practice would be uh, you might have um, five minutes of work in the whole practice. We might have 10 minutes or 15 minutes of work in the whole practice. Then you have to go and um, distract yourself like whether it's ball drops, kicking more. You don't want to kick over kick as well because you're like, if you over kick, you're going to hurt yourself. But um, you just have to find ways to get better. And when I'm teaching um, the high school kids in Houston, I say you have a lot, a lot of spare time. And that's when you need to work on your craft to just to get better. It's like the coaches say, what have you been doing all practice? And then this is your time to be like, oh, this is what I've been doing. I've been working on ball drops. I've been doing this. So just make sure that the specialists don't um, actually look like their uh, stereotype of doing nothing, just standing there. We would always make sure we'd be doing something. Well, the first few years, I, I think I just did my work because I, I knew I had to. It was, it was, this was my job. Like I was coming to University of Houston, I was getting a scholarship and in return, I would have to complete my um, my classes and all my projects and play football at a, an elite level. So it was, to me, it was like a job. So, and I'd obviously worked a few jobs before, so it wasn't that hard of a mentality to, to get into that. Um, but switching from like school to football, that was, um, that was pretty easy for me because like I, I'd obviously played football uh, on Saturdays before in, in Australia obviously not at a high level, but you still like have to switch on if you want to be a good player. So I would um, make sure that yeah, I have the same pregame routine, have run out there, warm up, and then you just be ready for the, uh, the first punt of the day. And I would always imagine the first punt of the day, no offense to our quarterbacks, but I would imagine our first punt of the day would be on the first drive because if it's not, you can relax. You're like, oh, cool. That means we're going to score. Because if you don't punt, you're probably going to score unless you turn it over. But um, yeah, many times my, the punt was on the first drive of the game and, and um, you have to be ready because that that's counted. Even though it's like really, really at the start of the game and like, hey, I'm not ready. Like, it doesn't matter. You need to be ready. So that's one of the things. It's like you have to be switched on from the start. Speaking about the balance of education and performance, we caught up with Edwin, a good friend of Dane Roy's, who settled at the University of Houston as well, about his perspective on his good friend. 
Well, outside of athletics, I mean, academically, um, you know, most of the time, every time I would come into the, uh, we have a communications lab. Uh, there was no, every time I would see him in the communications lab, he's always working on graphic design. So I knew that was his passion. He would also, he, I would always ask him what, he's, what he was working on. And I would always see a new design on that screen every time I saw it. So I knew that, you know, though he was a punter, um, he actually had a, a passion in graphic designing. And so, you know, seeing, and I got to see the progression. So when you get to see a couple, you know, as, as many people will practice their skill, they get, to, they get to be a little bit better. And so personally for me, I got to see a couple of his designs and just continually improving, like taking what he's learning in the academic environment and just improving his skills. And I think that's pretty, for me, that's, that, you know, seeing my friends succeed like that and getting better because, you know, to have, he would always, he would always say, you know, you have to have the, the, the plan B because just in case uh, football doesn't work out, you have to be, you have to work on your professional skills. And he understood that being the non-traditional student. After Coach Herman left, they, they put in Coach Orlando as the interim coach. So I think he um, made a few changes to the meals. We had like a few steaks in a row, some ice cream, loved it. But he's not really a, a coach coach. Um, he's a defensive coordinator, but he, I, for the first whole year, like I don't think he spoke to any of the offensive players or the de- or all the specialists. So he was really good with the defense. Like this guy knew his defensive plays and all that, and like record-breaking stuff. But um, I'm actually quite happy with what happened. They announced that um, uh, Coach Applewhite was going to be our coach. And the former UT quarterback has served as U of H's offensive coordinator the last couple of seasons, leading Greg Ward Jr. and the Cougs' record-setting offense under former coach Tom Herman. Now Applewhite takes over as the head coach, first time in his career. The 38-year-old becomes one of the youngest head coaches in all of Division One. He's got the Texas ties that are essential to success here after a record-setting run as the Longhorns quarterback and six years on the Texas coaching staff under Matt Brown. He's a, he's a really nice guy, and um, I had really good fun with him over my, uh, the next two seasons that he was the coach, and he had a really, really good respect for the specialists as, um, as I think the, the, like we're human, so we, we, we deserve it, don't we? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Is, um, they announced also at the same time that um, we were going to Vegas. They brought us in for a team meeting and they're like, where would you rather go, Miami or Las Vegas? And then people cheered for Miami and then people went nuts for Vegas. And then like a week later, the Vegas people came in and officially invited us to the, the Vegas Bowl. And they're like, this is awesome. So yeah, we went to Vegas for the bowl game. First, like, heck, what? How can you get any better than that? Oh, yeah. but the, best, the next best thing is probably Hawaii, but we'll get to that one next year. <laughs> but yeah, massive plane. They, I think the Vegas Bowl gave us the, the United plane to use, and I snuck into first class. I don't know how, but they put in the, uh, the seniors and the starting players in the first class, and um, that was a pretty cool experience. And uh, yeah. We trained at Bishop Gorman, which is like a huge high school for talented players. And um, this like, was ridiculous. Like oh, we went into their gym and did a workout and they had like TVs above it on each squat rack. And like, this is a high school? And they had like a walk-in cold tub as well. And 
that's pretty cool. Not even we have that in Houston. <laughs> so um, we uh, on bowl games, you you get like a stipend because you, you're obviously not home and you can't work, so you need to have some money. So I did what any sane Aussie punter would do. Get it? That works on two levels now. I donated my money to the poker tables on the first <laughs> night. I was I was so close to winning as well. Like I had a full house, and then the deal on the last. They, he flopped a, a flush. Oh, no, he pulled a flush on the river. And I was like, oh, my That's, God. Yeah. So, I, um, yeah, I, I just had to hold myself after that. I was so close as well. The one good thing about uh, being on a bowl trip is, like, there's a lot of spare time. And to, a lot of the players weren't of age. So, they go to a, what you call a games room, like a rec area. And that was pretty cool. There's, like, a few tennis table, table tennis tables and... Um, uh, pool tables and that's when we found out that Ed Oliver loves to smash um, uh, table tennis balls he was stomping on a lot of table tennis balls so I uh, found a little as you do and found, found a little thing that he likes to do um, uh, it was a really fun trip except for um, one of the players who was made an example out of by um, uh, coach Applewhite he was like if anyone stuffs up I have no hesitation to send you home on a greyhound that's the type of bus. So um, one person didn't check in at um, the recommended time. I think our first night we had to check in at like one and then it was like 12 and then it was like 11 and then it was like 10 the night before the game. So one of the, before the game, one of the boys doesn't um, check in and then he f- comes home at like 3 a.m. and they, uh, they said, all right, you're going home, sorry. I told everyone this is who I am and and he didn't play his last ever game for the University of Houston. So um, that was not a good way to go out. The uh, the captains all went into bat for him. They're like, hey, we really need him to play. Didn't happen. You are looking live at Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. The 25th edition of the Vegas Bowl and it's come up aces. Mountain West champ San Diego State, 10 and three against the upset kids, the Houston Cougars of the American Conference, 9-3. and three. So, yeah, we, uh, we roll into a really, really cold Sam Boyd Stadium, which is in Las Vegas. The uh, UNLV team play there. Yeah, we played against, uh, it says Donnell Pumphrey. He's a pretty good player. And, uh, yeah, we lost. We got absolutely smoked. 38-10. to 10. I didn't have um, anyone really in charge of my punts anymore. So I just like try to just kick as far as I could. And yeah, it didn't really work out for the best of me. There was a few returns on that one, but um, yeah, I, I had some fun. <laughs> it was really windy so um, and really cold. But uh, yeah, we, we lost that. Is the field goal kicker for Houston of the American Conference. First time the conference has played in the Las Vegas Bowl. And Houston strikes first with a field goal. Ward's going for the end zone. First to score, baby. Intercepted. Headed for the end zone is Ron Smith. Pick six. And um, everyone flies back to Houston. And everyone goes home to their family for Christmas. Except for me. Because of my visa issue, we had six months ago. So I can't leave the country 
and expect to get back in because my visa doesn't work or it's it's not re- uh, it's not ready to come back into the country. So Dane's mentioned, you know, being away from home. He's mentioned a few times kind of the, the mental battles that he faced and, and the emotional stress that that, that took on him. Did, was that something that you kind of noticed ebbed and flowed through his personality at times? You know, at times he wouldn't really say it, but you can, you can, you can see it. And it's, it's understandable. Uh, home is home is actually on the other side of the world. And I think, I think uh, his wife, really just assisted him in, with that, uh, making sure, I mean, even with him, like pursuing his NFL, NFL dream, even when we were grad, when we were about to graduate, he really made it clear that he really just wanted to go back home and, you know, start, start, start life and start having, going, uh, going about having a family. But um, I guess the, the opportunity was there. And with Kiara's blessings, he came back to go ahead and pursue that. And so I think his rock was, was Kiara. Instead of going to Australia and spending Christmas with my family and then being stuck in Australia, I stayed in America. And I was lucky enough that I had a, uh, my long snapper, Nick Wildberger. He would um, invite me to San Antonio. So I got to spend Christmas in San Antonio with his family. And um, that helped distract me from the fact that I was away from my family for my first Christmas because I was getting pretty down and um, yeah, I didn't really know how to uh, handle that, but uh, they really helped me and it was, um, yeah, it was a pretty nice time as well. They gave me some good presents. I got a, uh, a bottle of JD and uh, Patty Mills um, NBA shirt as well. But yeah, I experienced the Alamo in San Antonio. I went horse riding. Um, we had uh, two Hispanic American dinners in a week as well. We went to, cause uh, Nick's family. We went to two of them, and I was like, "I have no idea what to expect." So yeah, it was really, yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, uh, then we did karaoke on the Christmas Eve, so kind of like distract me from, um, yeah, not being yeah. at home. But I did make choc ripple cake for them and um, let them try Tim Tams, and they loved them both. <laughs> then I flew to Dallas because one of my teammates lived in uh, Dallas area, Frisco. And he was like, hey, come spend the week with me as well. So I did, flew out there and, um, yeah, stayed in uh, Frisco with my friend Grayson Thorburn, who was living in Frisco. And um, this, for those who, are, um, who know their America, it's right near the, um, the Dallas Cowboys facility. So the Dallas Cowboys facility, the star is in Frisco. So um, we toured that. That was pretty cool. We um, played a bit of Top Golf, and for those who don't know Top Golf, you need to get onto this. Like, there's one up in the Gold Coast. I I really want to try and get one into Melbourne because this is like um, a cross between bowling and darts and a driving range. Like, you can win points. That the, the GPS in the balls tracks how high it goes, how far it goes, everything like that. It's really cool. Then it went to the Cotton Bowl. Um, at Jerry's World, not the actual Cotton Bowl, but the bowl game called the Cotton Bowl, which was at um, AT&T Stadium. And now this is like a stadium of the future. Like you see stuff in Back to the Future. This is exactly what it is. It's like video screens everywhere and it's crazy big. But yeah, it was, um, that was a pretty cool time. Did, did distract me from, um, from the stuff that I was uh, going through at the time, just being away from my family and all that. But um 
it really yeah, it got me back on track. But um, yeah, I was really cl- really happy to go through that and uh, really happy to get back to Houston because I was kind of like like annoyed sleeping out of um, a, a suitcase or living out of a suitcase for so long. But uh, yeah, jumped on a uh, bus and head back to Houston. Started 2017. Ever wondered what certain words mean in Australia and the USA? Well, want to know more, because I've made a handy guide. If you order a lemonade in Australia, you'll get a Sprite. But in the USA, you'll get a lemon cordial juice type of drink. Burger King is called Hungry Jacks in Australia. Flame grilled whoppers for everyone. Taco Bell doesn't exist in Australia anymore. But we do have Taco Bill, a Mexican restaurant where you can sit down and eat and drink fish bowl margaritas. Think of it as a Mexican version of Chili's. KFC is better in Australia, as we have the Zinger Burger and the original Philip Burger. The USA have Chick-fil-A and it's closed on Sundays. Australia have Nando's and Red Rooster and it's better. If you buy a chicken salad from a supermarket in the USA, it's just shredded chicken and mayonnaise mixed together, like a chicken version of a potato salad. If you order a chicken salad in Australia, it's an actual salad with chicken in it. Classic food at sports games in the States is a hot dog, nachos, and we have them here, but you'd get a meat pie or sausage roll with sauce at any of our sports games. Speaking of meat pie, if you ask for a pie in Australia, it's most likely going to be savory and probably a classic meat pie. But in America, it's gonna be sweet and for dessert. From pumpkin to sweet potato to custard, They all love their sweet pies. If you say you drive a truck in the USA, you probably mean a dual cab ute, like a Nissan Navara. In Australia, a truck means an actual truck. Utes are passenger vehicles with trays. In Australia, you can get chips, chips, and chips. And we know what you mean each time you want them. It's simple. Chips go with your burger or palmer, and chips can go with dip. In America, you can get fries, steak fries, and chips. All right, so we get back to Houston and I had a week before school workout started and uh, we didn't know what staff actually remained like because obviously Coach Herman very close to a lot of his staff and he took a lot of the staff members too. He, um, I think he only left a couple, which in the end. So uh, Mm -hmm. Coach Casey, Coach James Casey, he played at uh, Rice, which was uh, one of our rivals. And he was also on a few NFL teams. I think he was on the, um, the Texans, the Broncos, and the Eagles. He's a really good tight end, and um, he played a lot of special teams. And so he knows his special teams. So he was named the uh, special teams coordinator. So I already had a, a close relationship with him for the past week or so, knowing that oh, this is he's in charge of me for the season. So I want to get close to him and just understand how he works and what is expected from me in my second season. So uh, I, um, I also had an extra class um, to do this semester. Usually you do about five classes. I only did four in my first one because they wanted to ease me into it. Really easy anyway. So, um, yeah. Um, Houston gets cold, by the way. We are talking like freezing. Like it was, I didn't expect that. Like you walk out and it's below zero. Uh, And for those Americans listening, that means it's freezing temperature. Like the water is now frozen. 
I think that's about under 32. I think that's what they would call that. But um, yeah, it, it stayed like the temperature was about zero to like 16 in between that range for like a whole month. So yeah, not too fun for um, me riding on a bike to practice every day. <laughs> so I did get my snow mittens and I did have a beanie and a, and a um, like a, a scarf to wear as well. But uh, yeah, I, I wish I had a car some days. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, new coaches, uh, Coach Casey, who's a special teams coordinator, and Coach Robinson, who is um, pretty much the special teams analyst. He just controls all the, um, the, the specialists just to make sure they're doing the right thing and they're keeping, keeping in the practice, doing the right stuff. And, um, yeah, he's a, he was one of the guys who was there the, pretty much the whole uh, well, first three years for me. I mean, the season – ultimately the season's a complete grind. I mean, it is on the players too, you know what I mean? But uh, the coaches are too. I mean, and it, it's all about who you work for. It's probably just like a player who you play for, you know, but I, I've been on staff, so I'm not going to, I've worked for several different head coaches and some were awesome. Major Applewhite was awesome. That was the last guy I worked for at Houston. But uh, I mean, in terms of hours, it's whenever camp starts into July, you know, last week in July, generally, last couple of days till Christmas, basically, depending on when your bowl game is, as you make it, it's seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. every single day. Um, I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't see my kids a lot of times, you know, for five, six months, basically. I would see, I mean, you know, depending on the staff, there's, you get some different time slots, like, Thursday, you may get out early. Early is 7 p.m., you know what I mean? So I get to see him for an hour and eat dinner. Uh, Major was awesome about letting our families come up there and eat dinner and things like that. So it's all about who you work for, man. But it, it's a complete beatdown. I mean, every every year that I was in coaching um, or coached, at the end of every single season, probably the last month or so, I was always, this is my last season. I'm done with this shit. I ain't doing it again. I'm finishing the season. Fuck this. I hope you can bleep that out, but I've had enough, you know, I'm done with this shit's insane. And then it tricks you because you get done and then come January, February, March, you get rejuvenated and, you know, it's, it's not that bad. So I think every year I was in it, I, I wouldn't, I'm never doing it again. It's my last season, if, you know, the last month and then I always come back for more. So this is my first uh, winter off season as well. I'd heard a lot about winter conditioning and yeah, I don't miss that. Like, I, <laughs> it's really good to keep you in shape, like free public, free personal training for like three months. Yes, I've hit the jackpot here. That's all, that's all it was keeping me through. Mm. It was like we would run at six o'clock in the morning. And if it was too cold to run outside, that would, bad luck, because we didn't have the indoor at this stage. I just remember that. But um, yeah, it was freezing. So, um, then straight after the lift, you would go and work out in the, in the weight room and you would lift weights. So, and then after that, you would just eat uh, all the food you can just to replenish everything you'd lost. And you do that five times a week. So by the end of the week, you were really, really hoping to get a big sleep in on the weekend. Um, Australia Day rolls round. I uh, take Nick, my long snapper, to the Australia Day barbecue which is held every year by the uh, USA-Australia consulate in uh, Houston. And um, I met a few Aussies there as well. And the um, uh, and Sonny and Dave, who um, 
this their lovely house that I'm staying in right now, they uh, also they were making sure like, hey, make sure you come to this, bring a friend if you want. So um, yeah, like that as well, that part of um, like Houston, that really helped me get through some tough times as well. Just like the the mateship, the that Australian accent, that kind of that friendliness that obviously um, the Houston's are really friendly and stuff like that. But like this was just that extra thing is that accent is just getting you through the tough time. So um, yeah, like uh, Nick had his first swing of the cricket bat. He tried some uh, sausage in bread and there was a petting zoo there with a, a wallaby, I think as well. But um, yeah, it was a pretty cool day. At the end of, ja- end of January, Josh Groudon and Jamie Keane, LSU punters, they, um, uh, Aussies from Pro Kick, obviously, they came to Houston and we went to a, a crawfish boil. February rolls around and it's the Super Bowl. Like, this is huge. The Super Bowl just takes over the whole city. The lead up to the Super Bowl, there was like um, all these events around. It was pretty cool. And uh, there's all these little things in the CBD or downtown, as they would call it. And um, the whole uh, exhibition center, the George R. Brown Convention Center, they, um, uh, they have like an NFL experience in that, which is pretty cool. Of course, we're in Texas, so football is, big, is a big deal. And in regards to the whole thing for the, um, for the athletic program, uh, when it comes to football in Texas, there, there, there is no match. Uh, my mate Owen, who is the punter at Prairie View, his brother and his friend won a competition in Australia to come over and watch the Super Bowl. How, how convenient is that as yeah. well? They said 25 words or less, uh, why do you think you should do this? And I think it was like, oh, it'd be pretty cool to get drunk or do something in, um, in America and watch the Super Bowl. And they won it. I think they edited the, the response because they couldn't allow that, but they gave it to them anyway. We went to um, the Bud Light Hotel, which Owen's brothers were there because they won the, the beer experience. And uh, that's where I learned to drink beer in America. I'm not a beer drinker. Massive uh, UDL spirits kid growing up. But um, yeah, like the thing about Bud Light, it just tastes like water and gets you drunk. So they're very easy to drink. That and like Nikolov Ultra, that's a type of beer that's just really goes down pretty easy. And I haven't had Pure Blonde in Australia, but I guarantee it'd pretty pretty much be like that with a bit bit easy to drink. Yeah, we went to the UFC the next night. Um, that was pretty cool. The uh, I think the UFC always do a, a fight night the night before the Super Bowl at the Super Bowl location, mm-hmm. and so that was pretty cool. And then we went to the Super, and I wasn't lucky enough to go to the Super Bowl the next day. But everyone who had tickets, they went, and um, I think I went to a uh, the Super Bowl at the Goat House. And that was like the local party house for the, um, the footballers and the, the student athletes. So I watched it there with a couple of the boys. And um, yeah, Super Bowl, crazy game, obviously. Yep. Amazing, yeah. And then, um, yeah, baseball season started. And I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I love my baseball. I go to Melbourne Aces games. I used to be the announcer at the Melbourne Aces as well. So... My first interaction with Dane didn't actually come near any football field. It actually came near a baseball field. So it turns out, as I was going to games, I kept noticing that he was that um, outside of his football time, uh, he would go to go support the other teams. So he would be, he would be at the baseball team. I actually saw him at the tennis games. 
I saw him at the soccer game. So I saw him actually going out, you know, out of his way to go support the other teams because um, those student athletes, they, they go, they go to bat for the, uh, for each other. Yeah. Right away. Uh, Dane really, really went out. He, he was, he was one of those that just like you said, he's, he's very charismatic in the way that he went out there to go support uh, his fellow student athletes. And you can tell that it was very genuine. He went out there and really wanted them to succeed. And, you know, when it comes to being at the University of Houston, you know, when it comes to being a Cougar, you have to go out there and support the sports that really don't get the, oftentimes he'll go out his way to support the teams that really don't get the support that they should. Like the facilities there in college, you could easily like say, hey, this is a facility in a, the pro, a professional, a semi-pro in Australia, and it'd be a hundred times better. But we don't have facilities like that. And so that's why I was like, hey, you guys, you know what you have here? This is awesome. Even though it wasn't even that good compared to some places. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was really awesome to, to get amongst it. And then everyone knew me after a couple of games and then like I was there for three seasons and managed to throw out a pitch in the end. So that was, um, that was pretty cool. One of the last games I ever went to. Yeah. And then at the end of Feb, um, went to Dallas, back up to Dallas on the bus and my God, that four hour <laughs> bus ride. Oof. Need to download a few movies to get through that. But um, yeah, I went up to watch the, the Boston Bruins. They're my first NHL game. I uh, always, I looked in town I looked at the, um, the schedule when Boston was coming to town for either the, the Celtics uh, in the basketball or uh, the Pats for the NFL or the Bruins for the NHL or the Red Sox for the, uh, the Major League Baseball and uh, found that uh, the Bruins were in town and I went up there and watched the game with my mate Grayson. But um, yeah, um, pretty cool. Uh, February it did keep me distracted from the fact that I hadn't seen my family for a while and I uh, haven't seen Kiara, but um, yeah, March rolls around, winter conditioning finally finishes. And like, let's just say between uh, you and me and the people listening, I was probably in the best shape I've ever been in, like looking at me, like I was like, looked like a, a bloody Instagram model or something. And um, yeah, I, I was feeling pretty good about myself as well. But at what cost? Yeah, the whole uh, whole life's actually a whirlwind. Uh, it never really stops. But um, yeah, March two thousand and seventeen, um, I just I was looking really good, and um, it was perfect timing as well. Spring break was coming around, and uh, football practice also started up. So you understand a bit more of what's happening in the, the football sense of um, college football when spring ball comes around. You get like a certain amount of practices. I think there's 14 or 15. So they map them out through March and April. And they usually finish with one big game at the end called uh, the spring ball game or spring game. And um, yeah, so like start of March, um, just finished the winter conditioning. And um, I was lucky enough to have a strength coach who wanted me to look like a tight end running off the field but uh, I was unlucky enough to have it at my age. So I was like, I was like, mate, what are you doing to me? I just want to look like a punter running off the field. But this guy was a massive meathead. And he was like, yeah, you're going to be the biggest punter out there. And I was like, mate, just let me do normal lifting. Like my, my um, uh, strength coach back in Melbourne, 
like got me into really good shape. That's Dave Tudovai at um, Conquest Fitness. So like I know how to lift. And then this strength coach, um, I think it was Farn, whatever his name was, he um, he's just too busy thinking about what people can like lift rather than their position in my mind. Punting, it's just about explosion and flexibility. Get me to do that. So after the, uh, the first off season, I was looking good, but my body was just taking a hit. I was, I think I squatted like 365 pounds, which is a lot. Uh, I don't think I can do that now, but um, I'm not, I'm smarter now. I would have said, hey, no. The biggest adjustment is probably just to the training. Like I trained a lot when I was back home just to get my body right, but you can only train to a certain level because uh, we don't really have like anything like this back home. So just get to a certain level and then that you come here and then there's some next level stuff. So if uh, the, the, what I needed to change my body was just like how I can recover really quickly. I'm obviously not a, a young freshman and um, they obviously can recover a bit quicker than me. So Moving on. Um, Kiara went and visited me during the uh, spring break of 2017. And I just bought a car because um, she was coming over. I knew we had to drive somewhere and I needed a car as well. So I quickly bought a car. I was told by a few people to make sure I got it checked out before I bought it. And I'm pretty headstrong sometimes. And I decided to get it checked out after I got it bought. And one of the um, players' dads, who's a mechanic, he's like, can you get your money back? Did you get it a dealer? And I was like, no, I did not. I got sold by some guys who, uh, yeah, they didn't really care for me after I told them, hey, there's a bit of wood in the engine here. Like, what's that there? But um, yeah, I got, got stitched up right up there, a bit of a lemon. But it did the job. Houston Rodeo. Now, this is epic. If you're ever in Houston in spring, it's in March, definitely get down to the rodeo. Unfortunately, this year, due to coronavirus, um, it was cut short after a couple of days, but they probably made the right decision because there is thousands and thousands of people in close proximity there. And um, yeah, so that night we went and saw Willie Nelson. And um, my favorite part, they have the rodeo um, first up with all the horses and the bulls and, and the sheep and stuff. And then after that, they clear it out and they put a stage on it and then you play uh, your artist plays so we had um willie nelson on after the rodeo that was pretty cool but my favorite part of the rodeo is the mutton busting you need to google this one youtube it all they do is they get out some sheep and they get really small kids they put all the protective gear on it plus like a cage helmet and they throw the kid on and say hold on forever hold on for your dear life and then the kid who holds on for the longest so he's like <laughs> he's just the holds on for the longest, that's the winner. And like some of these kids are like crying and they get up and the camera shoots, shoots them in the face and then they see themselves on the big screen Then they're not crying, but it's, it's actually pretty cool to watch. And then a couple of days later, went to a Rockets game and then a couple of days later after that, uh, Kiara had to go back home because she ran out of annual leave and uh, ran out of money and she had to go back to work. So um, yeah, it was a really nice um, break to have and uh, March went pretty quick for me. So then April comes around, great start to the month. I get Homeland Security to approve my new visa. I can now book a flight back to Australia and that would make it 11 months since I was in the USA before going home. And I don't recommend that to anyone. Try and break it up. 
um, because like I'm a family guy. I love love seeing my family, but I uh, also love to hear the uh, random Australian things when you're back home, getting a Zinger burger, getting a Bunning snag and all that stuff. But um, yeah, it was pretty good to get that letter in the mail. That's what I was after and no more visa issues. Or was it? <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, end of spring ball. Yeah, we had our 15 practices. Um, I think we only punted maybe 14 of the 15 because uh, Coach Casey really wanted to uh, install this punt scheme. But luckily, I didn't have to punt every day. I only punted on certain days. It's obviously, the punter doesn't really move much. So you just know where he's going to be. And then the last game, uh, last practice finished with the the red and white game, which, is, um, which was pretty cool. But I was the only punter, so I got to punt all the time. Or the coach was like, no, I don't want to punt this time. So just go to the next play. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, really, and that was in the stadium as well. So I had all the fans come down and watch. And they got to see what the uh, team was going to look like in 2017 under Coach Applewhite. And uh, it was looking pretty good. So the final month uh, of classes left. No football, just lifting weights, lots of weights. We're maxing out. So this is when I did my 365-pound uh, squat, you'll see that that's not actually that big. Like I saw a video the other day of Jalen Hurts, the um, quarterback from Alabama that went to OU. He did 600 pounds. I was like, mate, come on. You're making us look bad. But uh, yeah, like that is some ridiculous strength there. Some of the boys watching them, them squat, like Ed Oliver, ridiculous. Like very powerful man, that guy. And um, yeah, so that went, that last month went pretty quick because uh, I kept thinking about going home, finally got to go home and see everyone. And uh, also went to my first Astros game just before going home went with Owen Houlihan. So May 2017, right before I left for Australia, yeah, I went and watched the local uh, Aussie Rules football team. That's all you had to say, Aussie Rules football team. You can't say AFL, no one knows what that is over here. And um, great bunch of people who really helped me out through the last few years as well. So it was uh, good to, to meet them and um, put a few names to faces as I've been chatting to them uh, online previously. Yeah, so uh, finally head back to Australia. And um, yeah, when I got back to Australia, I met my uh, parents' new dog, Maggie, the guide dog. So they got Maggie, who was um, released from the guide dog school because she couldn't graduate because she had uh, she was too nice or something I think or maybe it was a bit of a hit problem but um, it was great for mum and dad because uh, they always wanted to get another dog after our previous dog had passed away so um, yeah we I played a lot of golf in my life in that month back uh, we played cornhole as well yeah went to mother's day uh, dad's birthday Went to one game of footy. I think I watched the Swans beat the Roos at Docklands. And uh, that's like 10 years in a row they've beaten them now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and then also snuck in a, a Palmer with my mate Stefan at the uh, Imperial in Melbourne. That is the best Palmer you will have. And then on the last day, I watched my, um, my, my, one of my best mates, uh, Stephen Hawkins. He kicked eight goals for the Sky Bombers against Murrumbina. So he said, mate, you need to come, come and watch me... Uh, play all the time and I said mate I have to go back to America <laughs> and guess who I'm going with I get to go back to Houston with Kiara so uh, yeah I'm lucky enough to uh, to move over there with her and uh, we're going to start the next chapter of our lives together 
Or so I thought. It yeah. seems to be the, the, like a trend that keeps happening. Like whatever I'm thinking, it's not really going to work out. But um, luckily for me, I just pushed through it regardless. Well, we both pushed through it. So, yeah, we, uh, I moved out of my two-bedroom place with the baseballer and um, into a one-bedroom place. I was meant to go in just a normal white bedroom, but uh, Kyle Allen, currently of the uh, Carolina Panthers, he was also going in a one-bedroom and he goes, hey, Dane, you grab the bigger one because you're moving in with you, your wife, as he called her. And I'm like, mate, thank you. I wish that you all the good things in the future. And obviously that came, came out good with him and uh, starting in a few games this year and, or last season and, and winning a few games for the, the Panthers. And the bigger and better things for quarterback Kyle Allen that Dane Roy spoke about would see him get taken as an undrafted free agent by the Carolina Panthers and make his debut at the end of 2018 after injuries to the likes of Cam Newton and some key starters in front of him. He would then start for the majority of his second season and now finds himself at Washington. Yeah, that was uh, it was really good. We both moved in together. But Cullen Oaks, the, the place I lived at, oh, they didn't like it. They did not like Kiara moving in. Even though I had like a massive place, which was bigger than a four-bedroom where my mates were living, they were like, oh, for some reason, there was like a fire code issue. And they're like, so they, they kept like telling her she had to move out or something. I'm like, hey, can you just chill out? So I had to tell the football uh, bosses. And then they end up telling Cullen, they're like, hey, just, just ignore that. But um, yeah, we, we got through it in the end. So, uh, yeah, summer rolls around and it is hot. I've said that to the last time, but it is really hot. It's just always hot and humid and the thunderstorms are every few days and it's still happening. Like I go outside yesterday and thunderstorms are rolling around. It's still humid. So, yeah, uh, luckily enough, the baseball was still going. So what's it, what's it like, you know, going to the baseball and seeing the six foot seven Aussie monster? What, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> uh it's it's not it's it's actually pretty funny because he would actually go out there and uh and try to try to uh get a couple of the i guess it would be some of his uh friends on the baseball team and, like put him in like he'll just kept yelling yelling at the coach to put him in <laughs> and i guess for the other team for the opponents i mean seeing a guy like that yelling at you it, it's pretty funny the uh they have regionals and super regionals it's like the the build-up of the college world series for baseball houston was hosting one so um instead of this is my trick instead of paying to get in because it was an ncaa event i just walked through the front door of the the athletic building and then it just snuck us around the back so we'd have to pay in the end so um yeah, there's one for you kids listening <laughs> that's if you wait to get a, to host it again but um their facilities are really good at the moment so we hopefully will uh host it next year so uh, this year oh this was probably our favorite fourth of july we were obviously we're both together kiara's birthday is on the 6th of july so we we made a um made a bit of a week of it and we went on a holiday and i was lucky enough to um to convince the uh the professor i had to uh make class finish before the 4th of July week because I was under the impression that because we had a week of football off, there was no classes. Turns out that was wrong. So I managed to get all the class saying, hey, professor, like, can you finish class? Because we'd all like to have the week off. And he was like, you know what? I'd like to have the week off too. So yeah, like he ended up agreeing with this. So uh, yeah, we got the week off from football 
and technically classes. And then uh, we went to the Dominican Republic to Punta Cana. And uh, that was pretty cool. Just, just a random getaway to the Caribbean. It was only a couple hour flight as well. So yeah, we got pretty, uh, pretty awesome uh, weather as well. So then, uh, yeah, we finished that. We go um, back to the Houston, the city of Grady Houston and back to reality. So, uh, and uh, this, this one part really annoyed me because uh, we had these teams in football. We had captains who would like recruit players and you would get points for doing certain things and you would lose points. Uh, you'd get points for doing certain things that were wrong. So um, the more points you had, the, yeah, you didn't want that. It's like golf, lowest score wins. And there's some like, um, there was rewards as well like the team with the lowest points at the end of the summer would get rewarded with gifts we're talking like hoodies shoes like ridiculous shit as well so one day we it's just like the last, the end of the week at the end of the week they tally up all the points the team with no, the, the least amount of points gets out of punishment all the other teams have to do punishment this last day one kid was 30 seconds late like don't be 30 seconds late. Be five minutes early. Like, you need to learn that this is college football. Be early. Like, if you're cutting it close for 30 seconds late, it's like, well, it, it, yeah, it doesn't work. So he's 30 seconds late. They kick him out. And then at the end of that, we work out that we missed it because we missed being number one team because that kid was 30 seconds late. So then they made it. He's not on the team anymore. He was kicked off, by the way, like for another reason. But you can just tell, like these, peop these people who just struggle with um, listening to instructions, turns out they struggle to listen to instructions from their own coach and they just don't play. And then, yeah, like nature takes its course. But uh, yeah, this guy got kicked off. But what we had to do because of this, oh my, I, I probably still have scars on my, on my elbows, but we had to go out to the, um, the field at three o'clock in the afternoon and like bear crawl and no, no, sorry. It, they call it Lieutenant Dance because you have to crawl with your elbows and not use your legs because Lieutenant Dan doesn't have any legs. So we're crawling up and back and up. I think it was 300 yards of Lieutenant Dan's and then the smart people took their shirt off and put it around their elbows. But I didn't realize that until I was like 20 layers of skin off. And I was furious after that. I was like, I don't think I spoke to that guy as well. But um, yeah, he, yeah, you can tell that I'm pretty annoyed by that. But it's, it's just the small things, like it all adds up, which is a massive team. Every certain thing adds up to the big picture. And if you can't control the little things, then mate, you're in the wrong business. But um, So now we were at the pointy end and there was a fair bit for Dane Roy still to work on as he established himself at the level. You would have heard from Kyle Robinson on some of our earlier episodes and we put that question to him as to the key areas that Dane Roy needed to improve on entering season two. Learning the game, probably, to be honest with you. Um, it was kind of the, the little things. I mean, he could already punt, but, you know, drilling into him the things that we wanted him to do and explaining the game and what he was actually trying to do. Punting the, problem, punting the ball was never a problem, but maybe understanding what we were asking him to do and, you know, how coverages work how protection worked, um, the, the little things of the game. You know, hey, you need to punt, you know, behind this part of the shield or else it's going to get blocked because of where protection set up. So little things, but he, he picked it up, you know, really, really quickly. So, But, yeah, August 2017, 
ball camp starts and Kiara, I said to Kiara, I'm like, hey, babe, ball camp. I'm, I have no time for you. Sorry. But like we are there from like five in the morning to like 9.30 at night and I'm just going straight to sleep. So it's probably best if you go on a little tour of the USA. So she went to Nashville and Miami and um, that was pretty cool. I think she saw like a, a hurricane coming on through Miami, but uh, not as big as the hurricane that was about to hit. So we were, uh, went to the Texans bubble a few times, which is um, the practice indoor practice facility for the Houston Texans. And uh, it turns out, um, whispers are that like, that is really, really expensive to organize. Like not the bubble itself to rent is nothing, but to get like four buses at the drop of a hat because the rain, it, it, sometimes it was costing like $40,000 for that because you need the bus just to come straight away. You need them from like two until seven and then uh, it got very expensive. So no wonder we ended up buying a, or getting an indoor practice facility worth $20 million. They wanted to save some money there in the end. So um, yeah, we finished up fall camp and um, Cheech comes back and then the bloody hurricane hit. Steve Smith from ESPN caught up with us uh, to discuss his first impressions of Dane Roy and the legacy he left in Houston. I'd sort of first heard about him as you said, in 2017, and, and a mate of his uh, by the name of Cameron Osterlin was, was talking to me about him, and I wasn't properly interested. Like, he said, oh, I've got a mate who's playing college football. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I've heard this before sort of thing. And then he sort of explained what Dane was. He said, you've got to see him. He's, he punts the ball a mile. He wears these funky socks, and he's 27 years old. And that, that really perked my ears up because there's just you don't hear about 27-year-old sophomores in, in college football, let alone ones from Australia. And so I did the research and got in touch with him and he was keen to talk. And that was the first great sign because any athlete that, that wants to have a chat and just chat about anything, he, when, I, when I rang him, he was keen just to chat about how everything was going back in Australia. And that's a great sign for me because the athletes don't always want to, want to give themselves to you early on. And so I, I just, we, we just started talking and it became very apparent very quickly just how at ease he was just talking to anyone. Um, I might've known him the, the way he was talking to me. It felt like I'd known him for five years, not five minutes. And so we got to talking and, and the first thing he didn't want to talk about the football. He wanted to talk about how uh, he wanted to help the people around the university of Houston campus who had been affected by um, the hurricane that had come through. And so him and some teammates, they went out on their own volition and with relief efforts, with food supplies and moving people and, you know, just helping people clean up. And I think that to me spoke much, much more about the sort of person he is than, than what he was doing on the football field, which was remarkable in and of itself. Hurricane Harvey just, oh, you've obviously read it on the news, but it just decimated everything. Houston is a terrible city for flooding. Like Houston just floods every time it rains nonstop for a couple of hours, Houston will flood. So we were told by our um, uh, football department that we were going to get a bus to Austin. We were going to stay in Austin for a week and then um, go to pretty much go from Austin to um, UTSA, San Antonio. We were going to go there, which is, it's like a triangle, Houston, Austin, San Antonio. We were going to go there and play. And, um, 
that really it didn't work out that way. And um, so I, I asked the, the the football department as well. I said, um, "Oh, well, my my wife, my, my future wife, is here in Houston. Can she come with me to uh, Austin? Because like it's not safe here." And they said no. And I looked back and I was like, I really probably should have like um, looked back knowing what happened. I probably should have just said, hey, she's coming or I'm not. But I was, I was just there for a year. I didn't really know my place. I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. But yeah, it, it does annoy me that they said no. And it's like they were comparing my relationship with my wife who has come over long distance to like a play a freshman who just started dating a girl and it's like no you don't have to bring them if I bring my wife but um yeah Kiara couldn't come so she had to stay and fight for herself in Houston there's a picture she took a couple of days before the flood and uh, it's all the way down on the bayou and then after that like the water comes up like 50 to 100 meters and it's luckily didn't get anywhere near her but um she went and uh uh, what is it? Uh, she went and volunteered at the um, the relief centres in downtown, which was pretty cool of her to do that. She didn't have to, but she didn't have anything else to do, so she just wanted to help out the community. So that was pretty cool. Um, we stayed in Austin for a week, and that was during the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight. So they they got that on pay per view for us. So uh, yeah, and then we finished up in Austin, and. Um, they got us to, they asked for all the teams in the area. Um, well, they suggested if anyone wants to donate stuff, come and dump it on our truck. And so we, while we were finishing up in Austin, they told us, um, they brought us down and we we're at the Texan Longhorn Stadium at University of Texas Arlington Longhorn Stadium. And um, that's when they told us that we wouldn't be playing the UTSA game. It was called off due to the Hurricane Harvey aftermath. And there was just too many variables that are like, you just couldn't control everything. It was like, no, let's just get home. There's a lot of families that still need, need help. So let's just make the most of the time that we have spare and just go help the community. So yeah, we, uh, we had big donation trucks drop everything off in just North of Houston. We're, um, we helped out there and took everything off the trucks and put it in a nice little community area for them. And then straight after that, I had some, um, some other athletes. And I think there was, uh, some volleyballers who wanted to help out too. So we went down to like, um, around like a South Houston area, which we knew that were flooded. And we just, we found some people to help out. They were called the Beverly's. These two lovely ladies who went to, uh, Texas Southern and Prairie View. And they, um, they needed some help with their, their garage and it was flooded. So we, we pretty much stripped all the garage, threw everything out that they didn't want and uh, let it all dry for them. And that took like a whole afternoon as well. And it, we didn't have football. So we just wanted to do something and help out the community. So that was one cool thing that we, um, we did. So it's been another significant off season and we draw ever so much closer to the first game of season number two. The Dane Roy journey continues in our next episode.